Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game of Nodes, the validator podcast. Today, it is just the two of us so far. Expecting an additional member later on, the fray. Not sure where he is at the moment. Seems to have 100% disappeared. Uh, hence the uh, name of this particular episode is MIA, apparently. <laughs> uh, righto. So what we have planned today, Schultze, uh, not much, just regular chats. Wait, hold on a second. Are we not doing the news? Well, you know, we are doing the news, except I haven't prepared any news because it's been an incredibly busy week for me. Uh, <clears throat> however, I did this morning get up nice and early, attach my phone to my monitor um, for, uh, you know, the webcam, seen as though I'm back at my other office, which has no camera facilities here right now. So actually, I'm still sort of like, you know, partway through attaching it to my monitor. So I'm trying not to cut myself while we're talking. Did so you, I, was that electrical tape? Yeah, it's like gaffer tape. <laughs> Nice. I'm just trying so, to make sure this doesn't fall down because it's like, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, like the monitor's hot, so I'm fully like uh, anticipating that this tape's going to get warm and then the whole shit is just going to fall off my monitor at some point. Or even better, since it's electrical tape, that's intended to melt when it gets warm. So you might well, just melt I- it onto your monitor. I don't think it's going to get that warm. <laughs> hopefully not. Jesus yeah, Christ. Hopefully not. So my situation is, is that um, the Apple in all of their wisdom has like created this thing where you can use your iPhone as a, um, as a like webcam for your MacBook. And I have to say it is pretty handy in a pinch, um, except there are like no, available brackets for you to be able to buy mm. to just like attach well there is at the apple store but they only attach to like the other apple products like the pro monitor and the um macbooks and stuff so right kind of up shit creek in that regard so uh you know my solution is when i need to use it i just carry around with me in my in my bag some tape <laughs> Um, it's really cool though like when you move and it rotates with you that's such a cool effect I remember the first time I saw that at work and someone did that they're like making breakfast or something during our stand-up and the camera moved and I was like oh my god what kind of setup does he have and he's like no this is just my this is my iPad or something and I was like this is the future the future is now it's right now oh you can do it with an iPad as well yeah yeah you can do an iPad as well could you imagine taping that shit to your monitor well, he would just have it sitting on its stand, so he would, you know, get the nose, the full nose shot going. The what? The nose? You know, oh, the nose shots. It, yeah, because it would be like aiming up because he'd be standing <laughs> and then he'd be looking up his nose. Yeah, all right. Uh, okay, so I did like, I did manage to funnel out a little bit of news. Look, I don't think it's exciting news. It's been like, I've had a busy ass week, but I don't think I've really done much. And... I think as far as the eco goes, I don't think there's been too much go on this week. Um, I mean, today was the stride joining the Adam Economic Zone. That's pretty exciting just by itself. So so that was on my list. Uh, Now, 
you're a Cosmos Hub validator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you will be well. You did have to do the Stride upgrade this morning. Everything James did, went smoothly. Yeah. Oh, James. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, all things considered, it, it went quite well. Um, it took a little bit of time to get everyone actually up and signing, as it always takes for upgrades. Um, if I remember correctly, it was like better part of an hour for everyone to actually get pre-committing and stuff. But for such a complicated thing, like in order to actually get signing, you had to have actual stride node fully synced. You had to like, there's another Genesis file basically that you needed to add. Like there was a lot of overhead for it. So I think within the context of the difficulty, they did really well. Like, and the stride team always kills it. So that's not surprising. Yeah. I think um <clears throat> pretty impressed with the, those devs there over the last, you know, three to six months of, uh, like I'm not on stride, but I'm always hearing that they're sort of killing it when they do the the upgrades and the um, even their you know uh, general development features that type of stuff. So yeah, I don't know if I'm like I don't know if I'm fully like on board with going to ICS. Like they seem like they probably could have been a decent thing on their own, but I totally understand it as well. I don't really so- see a lot of benefit in it either. I still have a hard time conceptualizing what the merit of a token is whenever you're using like ICS. Like why even have a stride token at that point? Yeah, I tend to agree. So how, like what happens with the existing validators and delegations when you change over to ICS? I'm pretty ignorant on ICS. I haven't like really um, taken it much time to learn about it i wasn't in the test nets nets and stuff because i'm not a um, cosmos hub validator um so uh explain to me if you will a little bit about how that mechanism works when they change over yeah so the way it works is kind of strange you become what are called governors um some people call it governators but i think that that's considered uh those governators in the chat apparently (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, governators. Um, so basically, the stake still stays with where they were staking before. So nothing changes there. And then what that effectively means is that you are voting, like you're, you're basically using the voting power of the people that were delegated to you. Um, so the validators just become governators. That's exactly right, yeah. And their, their sole purpose now is... Yeah, but they no longer have to run hardware. And the only thing they do is vote. Is that so? I mean, if they're Cosmos Hub Validator, obviously they'd still have to run hardware, I guess. But in terms of like the actual, like, you know, function of the, of the governator, like, can anyone be a governator or? That's a really good question that I don't know the answer to. James so... says govs don't need to run nodes. <laughs> okay. So. I guess I don't really understand how you would delegate to them really then, because I mean, the question came up today, you know, as soon as ICS went, as soon as it went through, I was like, should I pull my commissions beforehand? Because technically you're not a validator there anymore, right? You're a validator for the Cosmos sub, which it, it was fine. Like I, I ran my withdraw commissions just to see what would happen and it worked. But there are a lot of unanswered questions like that, um, that I think. Do, really, go ahead. Do, do, um, like governators get a commission on their stake? I think so. Let me let me run my withdraw again and see if it pulls out more tokens. It should, right? Like <laughs> token fountain. Well, I mean, maybe it should only if you make a vote. 
or not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think it's really weird. I kind of like on the one hand, I appreciate that the validators that worked hard to be at the top of the set for stride earlier, like they maintaining their delegation. So they continue to be rewarded for lack of a better term for that, for that hard work. But also it, it's such a strange system to me and it doesn't match up with anything else, right? Like nothing else has governators. Now, suddenly there's this concept of governators in the cosmos. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that like, it's, it's ironic that that's the thing that validators hate most about the cosmos is having to vote on shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I still can withdraw commissions. Um, but interestingly, it didn't come with any um, like uh, staked Adam or staked Edmos or anything like that. It just came with the, the normal stride commissions. That's really interesting. Okay, That's unexpected. So maybe all that shit now just goes to the Adam validators. Mm, it was supposed to only be 15%. So whenever I did it earlier, I think because I had some like in the tank already, it did come with the staked Adam and the staked, you know, Osmo, Luna, whatever. But this time it didn't. That's so cool. so the hub has to take on all of the responsibility of validating and providing arguably like way more security for 15%. 15%, yeah. What and a fucking to kind of, yeah, to, to add insult <laughs> to injury, um, that's 15% of... I think 0.5% now because Stride reduced their commissions. It used to be 10%, but with the last upgrade, they reduced it. And so now it's even even less of a, a portion. Now, to me, that's, that, I, I have to say, man, that's a fucking stitch up. <laughs> it is. It is. And I don't know. The whole Adam economic zone thing kind of weirds me out because if someone wants to join as a new Cosmos validator, suddenly they need to run you know, a multitude of nodes, which, okay, you have to do that for Axlar as well. But for Axlar, my understanding is you don't get slashed if you're not running, you know, an AVAX node. Like, you're supposed to, but you don't have to. Whereas for Cosmos, like, you have to. That's really interesting to me. That's really interesting how, I don't want to say regressive, but it kind of regressive it is for, for the new validators that want to join in. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, so, sorry, you're saying... Um, sorry, I was just retweeting the, uh, the um, fucking thing for the episode because we didn't put one out <laughs> um but anyway so i just caught the last bit of that so what you're saying is that if you want to enter like say you buy yourself into the cosmos hub or they expand the set or whatever the people at the bottom have to run is that what you just said yeah oh my god yeah so if you join the cosmos that right now you have to run neutron and stride and soon duality Neutron was, didn't they have the bottom 5% or 10% or something didn't need to run? Yeah, you're correct. But the kind of the point still stands like, okay, technically they don't. But also like if you're joining as a new validator, are you going to risk that? Like, where's that information for you to find? Is there going to be a table in the Cosmos, you know, node setup that says, okay, so if you're in the bottom 5%, just don't run this. No, they're going to set up every single one because they're going to be like, well, there are different requirements. That that requirement is set by each chain, and there's no standard for it. So you, no, I don't buy that. Do you think that like really this is raising the barrier to entry to to validate on the Cosmos Hub now? Yeah, without a doubt, it has literally three times the hardware requirements now, and if and not soon more four times. Yeah, soon four times. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like I don't know about Neutron, but Stride presumably is a reasonably light chain. Um, 
but Neutron being a general WASM chain, right? Is it permissionless? It, it, it'll no doubt get pretty heavy if it gets used. Yeah. yeah, it is permissionless. Yeah. That is like the problem about. So one of the things with permissionless Cosmosm is that, you know, there's there's no one like, there's no gatekeepers to those contracts. And if they're like terribly inefficient and huge, they can still go up. They're just expensive to use and they just f- are fucking hard on the, on the hardware. Mm-hmm. And especially if they're like ultra inefficient, uh, you know, can affect block times and all kinds of shit. So well, that'll be interesting. I think that's a really interesting part of the, like, go ahead. The the funny part is, is that, sorry, I just had a thought. The, the the funny part is, is that I'm sure Adam validators are very used to getting away with like, you know, a Raspberry Pi because, mm-hmm. well, like the hub is probably one of the lightest chains in the ecosystem because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. It secures value. Yeah. Yeah. Like all it does is consensus, right? And do transactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is probably the lightest chain in the whole ecosystem. And now they're like having to run all this other stuff. I think it'll be a shock when, uh, you know, Neutron gets busy and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, I have to like get decent hardware now. Mm-hmm. I've actually been impressed by the engagement of the validators on the Cosmos Hub. Um, in previous upgrades, let's say a year ago, an upgrade would take like up to two hours because it just took people so long, validators so long to get engaged. Um, and that's with a month-long voting period, right? Oh, yeah, whereas, it's terrible. Yeah, whereas so far the ICS chains have just gone up. Like, yeah, we'll have some people that aren't signing immediately. Fine, whatever. But all in all, like things are moving. Like even, I think that even Coinbase was one of the first ones that started signing. Like they might, might have even pre-signed um, this one. Yeah, because they were like, you know, those, like those um, uh, like sex-based validators were always like absent previously, right? They would always yeah. be late to the party because, you know, it's not between nine to five or whatever. Oh, yeah, they, they killed it. Uh, so Coinbase is up, Kraken's up, Binance is up. SG1, the number two validator in the Cosmos, is not up. Multi-chain is not up. SG1 Ledger is not up. Wait, Ledger? Doesn't... No, Stick Lab doesn't run... Figment runs Ledger, right? No fucking clue. <laughs> I think it's Figment. So that is funny. Um, but they are up. Figment's up. Mm. But interesting. I think it's really interesting. So it doesn't seem like too much of a... Um burden on the big boys but it definitely seems like a burden on anyone lower in that set because i imagine even even though like adam's probably the the most economical of all of the chains well it is um and even though they they still have like quite a few validators in the set right so mm-hmm. i'd imagine those validators at the bottom are probably still just barely profitable as it is they, I think they're still quite profitable. Um, so the bottom one has, well, maybe not, has 45,000 Atom on them, which means, uh, what is that? That's like 50 Atom per month or so, give or take, which, well, that, they're that? also running at 1%, so 10 Atom per month. Um, How did you do that in your head? Uh, just, so say they, were, say, say they were at 5%, right? Say the bottom's about 50,000. Yeah. What is the the commission per year is like? say 15 percent uh you mean that like the apr yeah i think it's like 19 percent. it's it's on its way down there right? yeah you're probably right 
Oh, well, let's just say 19 if it's 19 in the moment. Yeah. Uh, so times, say they're at 5%. It's 475 atom a year, which is, uh, yeah, about 40, about 40 a month, mm-hmm. which is uh, 350 bucks. Fuck, that's not too bad. Why did I never get into atom? Well, <laughs> I mean, the buy in right now is still, you know, $450,000. million. Dollars. Not five million, but oh, yeah. sorry, five hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. four hundred fifty thousand. Well, if you look at the set, though, um, most of the people not signing are at the bottom. So there's got to be something to say about how low you are on the set to like how you can handle that increase in cost. Whereas the top, almost everyone's signing. Well, it also might be that you know I think like engagement sort of goes to shit when you're not really making like when it's not uh, when there's no big economic incentive like engagement can go to shit you know yep it's like oh I've, you know i'm going like a lot of those <clears throat> smaller operators would all be single person operators right and it might come down to um you know i'm gonna go to dinner with the wife or fucking do this stride upgrade that i've technically got half a day to do so i'm gonna yep. go to dinner with the wife drink some piss yep. uh take it easy come back and slap an upgrade in when it suits me rather than like, you know, being one of the top guys expected to perform, but Mm -hmm. getting paid very good money to do it. So yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, It's It's interesting. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not a dynamics guy. I don't really know that stuff super well, but. Well, I mean, it's what I mean is that your own, like if you're getting paid, say you work at Taco Bell, right. And, uh, there's one guy getting paid $5 a day and another guy getting paid uh, $700 a day for the same job, right? All you have to do is keep showing up and doing the work. The guy who's getting $5 a day might be like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go to work today. If I get fired, it doesn't matter. I can get another $5 job somewhere. But the guy who's getting $700 a day to do the same job might be like, well, I don't really want to go to work today, but I'm getting paid $700 mm-hmm. a day to fucking just show up and, you know, flip burgers or whatever. So I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I mean is like, I meant more in, in the global scope of the Adam economic zone, right? Like, when does it start kind of rolling over where it's more cumbersome than it is beneficial, right? Like, Stride is now setting the pace for, hey, we are now going to, you know, become of the economic zone. Like, what if Gravity Bridge decided to do the same, right? First of all, that'd be really funny since they were funded by by Adam. <laughs> but when when does the snowball, like, go too far, I guess? When do they take on enough junk that people start to get pissed off? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's definitely going to end up like that because they take, like, stride 5% and then 15%. So, hang on, if I were to do some math again, I need the calculator though. Mm-hmm. So, 15 times, uh, sorry, 0.15 times 0.05. So, they're literally getting like, that can't be right. Oh, because the stake, well, the stake is, no, what'd you say? This is, you said it was 5%, right? That, that, the, um, that the current APR is? Yeah. So, so, 15% of five, it, it's less than 1%. It's yeah. 0.75% yeah. of like APR. 
Like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? That, and for Neutron, I don't think, are we even getting rewards? Let me check. Like, why wouldn't you are. be paying, why wouldn't you be paying 75% of your inflation? Because it's your, it's your security. Like, they're getting security for free. Basically for free. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that it, it's not, it doesn't make any less like, um, like it's it's no it's no less resources or anything. Like there's still all those validators out there have to run it, and now they're just running it for free. Yeah, Jesus. And it's yeah. A, yeah. And Rama says, "Why would you own Stride Token? Because it's like, yeah. What's the point now? Why do you even want that? Is it, is it now a shit coin? That, that's what I was saying earlier, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It, it made complete sense whenever Stride was its own token now i think it still does make sense because if you stake your stride you're getting far more returns than like you're still gaining value from having it because you in theory are still getting like your staked atom and stuff right like that that's how it kind of feeds back in what is the actual purpose of the stride token now though like other than so you can stake it so my vision of what it was and this being someone who has bought quite a bit of it um was that it's almost like a an atom ETF where like you buy stride and you stake it. And by doing that, you are effectively getting dividends in all the tokens that use stride. Right. So if you look at like my stride address so far, I've gained 22 atom 54 Osmo seven staked Luna, 300 stars, 10 Juno, hundred Umi, one staked injective, 110 staked, Emos and nine state comdex, right? Like that's not so, insignificant. Okay, so it's kind of like um, you know, Kuji when you when you have Kuji staked and you just get this grab bag of shit. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, which yeah, is a really which is really compelling to me. I think that I, for me, I find that really exciting. I think that 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 makes me never want to claim my fucking rewards. <laughs> yeah, for Kuji, yeah, that's a lot of taxable events. Yeah, you just um, get exploded with this whole bag of shit. And it's like, oh, God, can I just claim the the Kuji in the USK? Yeah. yeah. But now I have a hard time with, like, what the value add is, it, which is unfortunate. So what's little days? I'm having a look at the comments here. Uh, so Gizjizvan, sorry for butchering your name. Heist. Uh It's lower, like half a percent odd. Is that right? I think that is right. No, I think that's... I it's think a fraction of a fraction. That's, so. that's the right fraction, but I don't think it's 0.005%. I think it's 0.5%. Well, so... 0.75%. So when you do the fraction, if you times 0.15 by 0.05, right, which are the fractions, you end up with 0.0075. But that's not percent. That's a fraction. So that's 0.75% times by 100. So I think that what he's... So... The way Stride does it is weird, right? So the way you're earning that that yield is through Stride takes a 5% cut from the staked atom, right? From your yields from that, right? So that's just from Stride. And then as a validator, then you oh, yeah. are distributed that difference. So, like, so it's, it's like 0.05% again. Yes. 0.05 again. Yes, exactly. That I think that's what the point he's coming to is that like it really reduces. And so like the 0.015 is that's after you take into the calculations of, oh, Stride's only getting 0.5% of the yield versus 0.5% of the validator commission versus 0.15% for, or 15% for it's cosmos point, validators. It's 
three seven five percent. That is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Anyone do the math on that before they voted yes? Like it's the validators that vote, right? Yeah, I wonder if I, they, I wonder if they put that in the proposal. If anyone would have voted for it, they'd be like, "Fuck no." Well, and this is another thing, right? That they they didn't announce, they didn't say in the proposal that the commission was actually going to be reduced in the same proposal if they were joining ICS. So a lot of us voted yes, and then after went through, they're like, "Oh yeah, also this is a fifty percent reduction." And I was like, "Okay, great." I mean, like two times fuck all, still fuck all, right? Well, it was pretty good before, like not for Cosmos, but for like Stride validators. It wasn't amazing; like we didn't get amazing yield. But I still think it was a really compelling case. I think Stride was one of the was one of the better app chain stories, right? And now it going to Cosmos. Like, then why wasn't it just on Cosmos? Like, why are we now creating it into a separate chain rather than it, why are people just not building on the Cosmos Hub, right? It's so that teams can then get tokens so that they can sell and make money through fund the development. It's just uh. so I would say that this is good for stakers, but not good for validators. The reason I say that is because, well, actually, not even so much stakers. This is good for big bag holders. And the reason I say that is because the inflation now is very low. So there's not a massive incentive for the thing to pump. However, over the the longer term, like people are going to want to use it, I suppose, for the the strides features, right? But you're not going to have this constant dumping of rewards. So I think over time, it's at least going to steady the price a lot um, or even potentially increase it. We're not giving financial advice here and I'm a peanut, so don't go buy stride just because I said that. Um, But on the validator side of things, it is a fucking bad deal, especially for the Cosmos Hub validators. Yeah, I mean, it's doubly true for Neutron. For Neutron, if I'm remembering correctly, and I may not be, so don't hold me to this, I'm pretty sure it was also like region gated so their value add was like hey like you as a validator we're going to give you this this initial airdrop airdrop for 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 running neutron and then there's not going to be any inflation you running it you're not getting any rewards for it and i don't think i got to claim any neutron so it's like okay so we're running it and we literally have no rewards for doing this we're literally just paying extra to run this that's not very cool that's like that's that's super not raven it's 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 ser- like it's seriously going to be like uh, like we were saying before. It's going to be a lot more a lot more to run than the hub. And these like I have to wonder like the atom validators are probably very used to not doing upgrades and maintenance as well. And these being newish chains with features, I could imagine are going to have a lot more burden in that respect as well in uh, upgrades and attention. You know what? I actually didn't even think about that aspect of it. Yeah. Like it's suddenly just an order of magnitude. Well, not literally since there's not 10 chains yet, but it's suddenly like the amount of upkeep each one has just gets significantly more difficult. I guess if any of the Cosmos Hub validators watch this particular podcast, they're now going to say suddenly, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those poor bastards. Yeah, I mean, sure, it gets, it, yeah, I mean, it gets more value for Adam, I suppose, in a sense, in that it's Adam's now, Adam now has a use case. But like, I just want to know why. Why would Stride have, like, in my mind, this is like, it wasn't a wise choice. What did, what did they get paid? What did they do? Like, what kind of deal was struck such that Stride decided it was a good idea 
to go ICS, especially whenever the set was really stable, like it was reliable. I don't think there was any fear of like an attack, like where they needed that market cap. Like it feels to me like he was doing really well. So what was the deal struck that made them do that? That's a really cynical take and I'll take that cynicism, but what happened? I think you're right. I think Stride was doing just fine on its own. It wasn't like there, it wasn't at a point where there was a security issue. So, um, you know, and that's to me, like resorting to the hub for security is something you would do if you're a new chain um, and wanting to go that route or having a security issue because your token price has gone to shit and it's highly distributed or can be bought up. You know what I mean? That's what um, made me think of Gravity Bridge, which I, I mean nothing bad about Gravity Bridge. In my opinion, they are criminally underpriced in, in comparison to like Axelar. Like Gravity Bridge actually has a lot of usage and yet their price is a hundredth of Axelar. To me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but that, that's why I brought them up because like their price to value ratio is completely out of whack. So it would almost make sense for them. But These get scary when there's a lot of TVL on a chain and their uh, market cap doesn't reflect that, uh, which, you know, it gets scary when you start looking at it and you go, well, if someone was doing the slow burn here and just buying these up slowly, slowly, there's every chance that at some point they could, under the radar, get enough token to actually do some damage to this chain. And at yeah. some point, you know, you can't even, you can't, it's irreversible because they've got enough voting power to make sure it doesn't go to, you know, an ICS chain or something like that. But, well, yeah, Gravity Bridge, I mean, the TVL is something like 10% of, or excuse me, their TVL is, I think, 10x what their market cap is. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, like, I can see the value in chains like, um, you know, the what's the one called uh, that has Circle, USDC? I always get it in Neutron mixed up. Neuron? New. The neutron, like, the which we're we talking about, the one with, that's having the um, stable coin USDC. It's it's not neutron, isn't neutron the the ICS uh, Wasm chain? Yeah, yeah. Which one's getting circle? The one with Yelena? Oh, Noble. Noble's getting circle. Noble, yeah, yeah. Noble. So Noble's getting the, the USDC. So I could see like why you would want it as an ICS chain, but it is just a private chain anyway, basically. Um, the validators on there all have the same stake. They're just, um, I don't think that'll ever be, well, you know, I, I they are know. intending, they are intending to change it to do a token launch and stuff. So while are that's they? true now, yeah, they are. Oh, okay. It's not permanently true. I always kind of just assumed that that chain would be strictly controlled by the foundation and that there'd be like just a separate staking token f- so that they could tro- control who is in the set. That's what I kind of assumed as well. But from what I've heard, that's not true. Like they just had a a $20 million valuation token sale recently in order to like get their tokens and to start actually staking and stuff. Is that chain, is its sole purpose for USDC? That's my understanding, yeah, to be a vehicle for USDC. So, I mean, why, like, why even have a staking token and sell it? It makes no sense to me. I, I, you would think that the token would be USDC, in that, but you don't want it to be inflationary. I, I thought you would just pay your validators and have the ones that you want 
that are reliable and then just have it as USDC for IBC? I mean, that's kind of a uh, existential question, right? Like, why are a lot of these chains on blockchain? Like, why are there validators? If you have a bunch of validators with one stake, therefore they all have 10% vote, like, does it matter? No, it it really kind of doesn't. Why are you on blockchain? Well, I mean, in this instance, you would want to be, it, it makes sense to me for Circle because you would want that blockchain just for the IBC functionality, right? So you want to be able to say that these are, you know, USDC that are native to the ecosystem. We might run the the thing like, and this is, I guess, not the case, but you know, if they were completely just running it um, with selected validators the way they want it, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, it's it's a little bit more decentralized in terms that of fault tolerance um, and not being run entirely by you know Circle having twenty validators run by themselves by the same DevOps team. So it's a little bit more reliable in that sense, I think. But you still have the control over it that you want, and I think you should because of the economic value of bringing, like there could be a billion dollars in USDC. I would absolutely want to control that fucking chain and not have any risk of it being, like you, they did a, a, 20, a $20 million valuation, you say. Is that a valuation or they sold $20 million? Uh, that was a valuation. They did a token sale at a $20 million valuation. Okay, so you've got a $20 million valuation and potentially a billion dollars worth of tokens come across. Yes. Um, so naturally sense. people were like, uh, yeah, I'll buy in like Barachain. Barachain <laughs> has a $690 million valuation, if I remember correctly. And it's not to make light of EVM chains because I've, I've gone on record on Game of Knows many times being in favor of Evmos. It's just an EVM chain, right? $690 million seems like a lot. Well, I mean, say we're, I think their last valuation was like $800 million or something, right? Ah, but they're not just another EVM chain, right? Like they're they're pushing the envelope in a lot of ways. Like they are, yeah. They're going yeah. faster. They're like, it, I think they're doing a lot of really cool things. Grant, I guess you can say the same thing about Barachain. I don't know about Barachain, about Barachain but six hundred ninety just seems outrageous in this market, right? Like you're saying that in the next bull market they're going to be at seven billion when they launch. I don't know. It seems outrageous when the functionality already exists. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a better way to put it, right? So let's see. If they're at 700 million valuation, that puts them at around the level of Injective or Phantom um, in terms of market cap, that is. Um, and in- Injective's EVM, right? Yes, it is. It's heavily, heavily modified, just as Barachain will be, but it is it is EVM, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't, like, the only thing I've seen from it right now is that it has, like, sick memes, right which it's like has <laughs> cool, big cool, dj right? energy yeah and I'm, yeah I'm, i mean that I that know. works for some people yeah yeah um oh man in other news it's fucking cold here uh, at the moment nice frost this morning i've just come back to like tamworth for a little bit and uh i was going through throwing out some old shit from the shed that i've been told i need to um organize and clean up and throw stuff away and I found all these old jumpers. <laughs> this this hoodie I bought when I was 14. I need a better look of it then. You got to stand up. Like, I just got to have some crazy graphic on it that just is really embarrassing. No, it's it's so there's a, there's an old skate brand in Australia called um, Juice Clothing. But 
it's like a extra large or a 2XL or something. It's huge. So you could imagine like 14-year-old Null walking around the streets in this thing and it would have just been like a garbage bag draped over him. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I wore a trench coat when I was 14, if it makes you feel any better. Yep, never can... seen that logo before. Almost like the Quicksilver logo. I don't know if I can stand far enough back for it to like. No, yeah, I can see it for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, it's huge and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be wearing this again. I'm, it's back in rotation. Um, actually, you know, this is completely unrelated to the uh, to the potty. But I lost this other hooded jacket and I've been looking for it for two years. And it was in this bag of shit. Now, just talk amongst yourself, if you will. Talk amongst just, myself? Yeah. For just uh, 30 <laughs> seconds, I'll go chuck this thing on. You're going to love it. Okay. Well, I guess I will talk amongst myself. Um, in, so I live in Portland. Uh, Portland is not cold. Portland has been going through a what's called a heat dome. And so it's been over 90 for the last, I think, three weeks. That's a great one. Yeah. I've had friends that had that one or looked similar to that where it's like, is it the kind of like that tweed feel? Yeah. It's like really, it's, it's pretty thick and, uh, and just like, just a nice material. And it's my partner calls it my hobo jacket. Um, and I had actually thought that she threw it away, uh, on the sly, but, uh, no, I found it, gave it a wash and it's good as new. feels great. Can't wait to wear it around Melbourne. That is like, that takes me back to high school where like all the stoners would wear a jacket that looked just like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, uh, oh man, it's just like, I where's the logo there. It's like, it has a male and female sign intertwined. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like the, they're like joined up, I suppose. Oh God. The camera keeps going higher. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It kind of makes me, it, it hides my, my fat as well. So it kind of makes me look a little bit better. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So I did have like that wasn't my only uh, news. The um, the yeah, strong 40, stuff. So. Forty two minutes on on news item one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thank God we haven't had um, the phrase banner running along the bottom. Mel's news cooler. Um, yeah. So I mean, like my notes were pretty skint on that as well. By the way, uh, they they my notes consisted of. Uh, Stride on Cosmos Hub, the second consumer chain to use ICS on the hub. No issues reported on the transition. Uh, we'll now most likely have a shiny Mint Scam banner. Well, so for Mint Scam, what's interesting right now is that they actually don't show the governators for Stride. Um, so for Neutron, the way they show their validators is oh, they don't. No, they do show validators. Okay, so never mind. For Stride and Neutron, they show it the same. But for Stride, since they have this concept of governators, it's, I don't know. I, I want that to pop up and show because right now I. Oh, yeah. they, so they've already got the ICS little cheerleader banner. But they're not at the top, right? Yeah, that's, no. that was immediately what I noticed. They weren't shoved up the top there. So, yeah. I mean, what does that mean? Is that, is that Minskin trying to flex some other shit on them? That implies I, a certain level of coordination that I'm not confident in. I feel like everything Mint Scan does means something. Like in the background, there's there's some you know there's some deals being done every time something happens on Mint Scan. I feel like 
I don't I know. I feel like I'm still in the, the minority with saying like Minskin kind of defines what a Tendermint or Cosmos chain is at this point. Yeah, you can show up on Ping.Pub, but nobody <laughs> knows how to find you if you're on there. And Ping.Pub, I absolutely love Ping, Ping.Pub. Absolutely love Ping.Pub. But like Kanto, they don't consider themselves a, a Cosmos chain. However, they're on Ping.Pub, right? They have IBC enabled. They're not on Minscan. Wait, they are on Minscan. Never mind. I take that back. I don't know. There are some chains that are actually doing fine economically that aren't on Minscan. And I think that they do fine because they're not on Minscan. Ooh, that's an interesting take. What what chains are you thinking of? Uh, I don't want to mention it because I don't want to draw attention to it. <laughs> no, I mean, um, you're on Firma chain, right? It does fine. It does it do does fine. fine. It's, it's in the Korean market. And yep. it's not on Minscan, and it does just fine. That's actually a really good point. Um, it like it's very market dependent. So we are also on Aura, which I don't believe is on Minscan. It is not, and they are in I think the Korean market as well, and they're doing just fine as well. So I think they mainly sort of you know because they market to their own market, right? And then um, I don't think they particularly give too much of a shit about the rest of it. And the for Korean-based chains, there are some very uh, strict rules in Korea around um, KYC uh, for uh, operations on, on the chains. So I believe that Firmachain haven't put it on Osmosis or anything like that themselves because of the um, Korean requirements by the government. So I don't think they know how to tackle that or care. So. Why would that stop them from putting it on Osmosis, but it's on a bunch of other exchanges? It's only on sexes, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. So why would because, the KYC the issue? Customers, the customers on sex chains are KYC'd. Ah, uh, okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down now. All right. Yeah, whereas like, you know, the DEX is just open slather to anyone. Um, what else did I have? So Levana launched this week. Um, on osmosis and the reason i know this is because i got temporarily addicted to it (laughs) weren't they originally like in an exclusivity clause with juno following Terra's demise i do not know about that um i don't know if they had any growth fund stuff but i mean it makes no sense for them to just do juno stuff because the Juno ecosystem is struggling um, and there's still a company that needs to make money. I don't know what the scope of stuff that they were delivering on Juno was either. Um, from memory, it was something more around NFTs. I don't know if it had if it was their Perps product. Um, Wait, they don't do it? I just thought they just did like dragon NFTs. They do more than that? No, so they're uh, perpetuals. Um, on osmosis now so like uh leveraged trading um oh i didn't know that yeah. osmosis needed that not yeah, for me mind you i'm way too risk averse for that which i say <laughs> as a degen validator but well i i took my 10 box of uh adam over there and had a good old run for a couple of days playing around with it until i inevitably got um you know, liquidated because I'm not a good trader. <laughs> How did you find it? Where can I find it at? It's trade.levana.finance. 
So it's actually um, unsupported region classic. Oh uh, yeah, they they are geo blocking the shit out of the US. Um, everyone's scared to do business in the US now in blockchain, and I mean, you might as well geo block it and just let the diehards use the uh, the VPN, right? I wouldn't say it's just now. Like we were on the Axlar test nets, but didn't get to be validators because they decided that only uh, what is it called? Certified investors can of, of the US can actually be in it. And I'm not a certified investor, whatever it's called, and so couldn't be it. So that's oh. been happening a long time. Certified investor. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's not new and it's still very, very present. Like for example, DYDX, uh, they don't want anybody who's affiliated in the US just because of the issues that comes with it. So um which is totally fair like yeah i I can put a lot of heat towards the british government like the uk government but at least they have some sort of like rule book for crypto the fact that the us's crypto uh system is and and we will sue you (laughs) even though it's a big shrug that's not cool that's not work for anyone our laws are undefined and when we decide what we want to do retrospectively we will sue your ass so yeah, I mean that's that is not a very fair or good way to do business, but um I don't know, it's it's interesting. I'm sure I'm sure that a lot of people will get sued that will take the fight to them um similar to XRP, but I don't know about XRP, but similar to what they did, I guess in in fighting the the good fight. Um I mean, that's a decent thing to bring up. Do you have that in your news list, the XRP thing? Uh, no, it probably should be though. As it, a, it should, yes. As a, um, you know, as a whole in the ecosystem. So did you want to explain that one, um, Schulte? I, I've barely followed it over the last five years. Do you know more about it than me? So I know a decent amount, but I feel like I'm not in a good place to explain what it's about because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like... <laughs> People, so the ruling came out. So, so XRP. Let me let me back up a bit. Uh, Ripple, they had printed a ton of coins and then sold them, a bunch of them, right? Actually, that's not true. So, Ripple, okay, go ahead. Ripple actually bought all of the coins off the person who created what originally was called Ripple and then was changed to XRP, right? So the token used to actually be called Ripple when it was first created. The guy, there was a couple of founders um, and and Ripple bought the the lot, the technology, all of the stuff. So, okay. So that's why that guy is like, for a very brief period, was the number one richest man in the world because they no, bought it from him. No, that's, okay. the C, that's the CEO, Brad Garlinghouse. He's the CEO of, of Ripple. Um, but he owns a lot himself. Oh, or is it? Sorry, he owns a lot of shares in Ripple, right? So sixty percent, or at least back in two thousand seventeen or whatever, sixty percent of all of the Ripples are on um, rolling uh, unlock schedules. Uh, that is all owned by Ripple, right? So there's sixty billion tokens. Um, last time I looked into it, that were out of a hundred billion that were owned by Ripple themselves, right? So back in the 2000 and... Oh, and sorry, how, how this works is every month, 
Why were you trying to get me to explain this whenever you apparently know way more than me? Well, I thought you might have known more about the SEC shit. I'll get to that. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's there's sixty billion locked up. There's one billion per month that unlock, and it's on its. There's sixty of these contracts um, that unlock each month, right? So a billion, a billion per month unlock. So five year unlock period. Yeah, and a billion unlock every month. But what they do is that at unlocks they take out what they need. Um, and sell for operations and then lock up the rest. At least that's what they used to do last time I looked at, into it in like 2018 or 17 or whatever. So presumably that's still what they're doing, um, but it's like a pretty slow rug on the on the other owners. But anyway, um, so during that bull run where it went up to like $3 or whatever, uh, momentarily Brad Garlinghouse was the richest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because Ripple was worth a shitload and he owns a lot of um, the company. So uh, that's just an interesting tidbit. But so the for the longest time, they were selling their products to banks, right, um, and other institutions and stuff. But these are products that are built that don't actually even use XRP, like all these um, settlement products and stuff. So... Um, there's only a certain amount of things. Wait, actually- what? They don't actually use XRP. So there's, they have a bunch of products, right? I, I can't remember the names of them at the moment, but one of them, for example, is like a settlement um, protocol between, uh, you know, financial institutions and and um, big business and whatever, but it doesn't use XRP. Um, but then there's like other general products that do use XRP. So it was a little bit um, gray, when at some points they were uh, flogging XRP by promoting these other products, which had nothing to do with them, with XRP. So that was interesting. So the original founder, um, I can't remember his name, uh, but he was just basically selling most of his Ripple for years. Uh, and I think he's mostly out of them. Um, but I do believe he had a pretty big percentage and is now probably rich as fuck. Uh what else can I tell you about them? Uh, so XLM so, is is a fork of Ripple. Really? That I yeah. did not know. Lumens are a fork of Ripple. Mm-hmm. They were, mm-hmm. or maybe Ripple is a fork of Lumens. So I think the original project, um, I, I can't really quite remember what happened. In, in, I don't remember which one was the original one, but I remember that I think maybe the community continued on with Lumens as an open source project after Ripple bought the um, main project or something like that, or after the Ripple company took over um, Ripple, the blockchain. If I remember correctly, Ripple's big value add is they marketed for um, bank-to-bank, international bank-to-bank transfers and remittance payments. Is that correct? Yeah. I think the remittance was their big thing. They were marketing xrp as cross-border remittance but i think it was still more to be peer-to-peer not to do with banks they've got other products that for like um you know settlement like end of day settlement and stuff on banks so for the record um in in college i actually began beginning building a remittance um or like a blockchain for not a blockchain but you're trying to use a blockchain um, to create an app for remittance because remittance is actually really interesting. This is more for users than for you know, or for like people that are listening. Um, 
because remittance, in my opinion, is one of the better use cases for blockchain. Not necessarily because blockchain is so efficient or whatever, but because the current institutions that run remittance programs like Western Union are so inefficient. So Western Union, the last I checked, they had a 35% base fee, I think, and like a 9% transfer fee. So if you, so Jeez. remittance is like, say you're an Indian worker and they, you know, go work for Intel and they make hundred thousand a year. They frequently, like their family will stay in, in India and they will send back, you know, let's say 50,000 a year back to India for their family to live on. That's their wife, that's their kids, that's their, their parents. Um, and so if they're sending back 50,000 a year, let's say they're doing it every month. So if they're doing it every month, that is, you know, $400 a year just in the base fee. And then, you know, another 5,000 a year in the remittance payment to Western Union for like allowing that transfer, right? So we're talking almost $6,000 out of 50,000 to send back to their family. Absolutely ridiculous. That is insane. So, and that's such a common thing. Like that is the main GDP of many countries is remittance payments, which sounds outrageous, but like that's the way it is. So that is such an incredible use case for blockchain to make it easy to go border to go across border and like get payments through really awesome use case. Um, so I can see why Ripple blew up. But anyway, continue. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I kind of did too. I rambled there a little bit. Uh-huh. So, um, okay. So we're talking about Ripple and the founder. He was selling a bunch. Um, the technology behind Ripple, like it's not even about the Ripple token necessarily. And we were leading up to why the SEC sued them. I actually don't know why the SEC, SEC originally focused on Ripple as opposed to like ETH in the beginning. I think it was an easy target. Like XRP is primarily owned by one company. And then that company has sold off tokens in various like raising events, right? Back in the early day when you could buy it for a tenth of a penny. Um, and now, uh, you know, I, I guess they, so, and I really wish um, Eric was here this week. Um, oh, sorry, Usurper. Because he uh, he knows a lot more about the um the issues that the SEC were taking with um, blockchain in general as uh, securities. Um, but I believe that they were trying to argue that they were selling um, a stake in the company uh, or like you're investing in the company, not the token, um, which, I mean, it doesn't even seem right that you could even try to claim that, but that's... That's what well, they did. So let's fast forward a little bit to the statement on like Friday, I think it was. So the SEC sues Ripple and they, I guess, don't even go to court. I think this is kind of where this ends up. Um, Friday, I think it's Friday. The statement comes out that this can go into like a further court. This is this is where my confusion with it is. And is that the statement itself like of of by by the court didn't actually say that like Ripple won. They're just saying like yeah, you can continue, which is kind of what confused me about why this was such a big deal. But there were some interesting points in it. So one was that Ripple selling their tokens was not like Ripple the company, not Ripple like the token. Selling their tokens was not Well, considered- there's a clear distinction. The token is called XRP, not Ripple. Okay, fair. Yeah. 
XRP. Yeah. So Ripple, the company, was sold XRP, but that was not considered a security because they were selling it to people. It was not considered an investment vehicle that they were selling. However, exchanges that listed XRP, them selling it without clear regulatory regulatory um, ruling, I guess. I'm not really sure how to word it. Um, they might be in trouble for having sold it because it could have been a, a um, an unregulated, un- unregulated unregistered. security. Thank unregistered. you. Unregistered security. And therefore, they might have been breaking rules. Whereas Ripple itself, because it wasn't, and then something's an investment vehicle, totally fine. That's the really interesting bit to me. <sighs> I just like, <laughs> they just make shit up, don't they? They just make shit up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, I mean, I guess that's probably why, you know, the market isn't doing as well over the last few days because people actually like read it and were like, oh, this doesn't actually mean too much. Like we still have a long ways to go. But I remember reading it and being like, does this mean anything for us? Not really. Other than the price got a like XRP got a great pump. It got like a 50% or 100% pump. Sweet. Everything else got a, a couple percent pump. Cool. But now now it's back down. Like what? <sighs> I mean, that's what the, that's what crypto does, right? I mean, I guess it's good. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's good that things are moving forward, right? Like this isn't just being in the purgatory for lack of a better term of the court system. This is saying like, we need to actively move this forward. So let's get off uh, XRP because I don't think that either of us know like enough about it to have a good in-depth conversation. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's fair. That's a good idea for sure. <laughs> I think we're just like uh, I appreciate your your um, comments, but I I don't think that either of us know like enough about that whole situation to like. I mean, I'd love to have. I'd actually love to have someone come on who actually knows a lot about it. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's important for the ecosystem. Um, don't particularly care too much about XRP itself. <laughs> yeah, I'll. Yeah, I agree. Um, so something else interesting that happened this week uh, was a massive ARB opportunity between the DEXs and Coinbase with Osmo. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Uh-uh. So Osmo was trading on Coinbase for $1.65 for many hours. Really? Well, Did you not get in on that? For many hours. Uh, no, I don't use Coinbase, so... Um, but yeah, so who, I can't remember who actually put this. I, I got this off Twitter. Um, but yes, what was it listed when I don't know? Um, but it was between two and four times higher than the price of Osmo elsewhere, uh, for, for a few hours. Yeah. And someone estimated that there was about $5 million in ARB cat captured. Wow. That's outrageous. That's an outrageous sum. Yeah, I think the um, I think people are having like a lot of trouble actually making deposits onto Coinbase to try and capture that. Um, so maybe the lucky few actually uh, were able to get a profit out of it. But still, that's a pretty incredible ARB. <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think we see much like that around the place. Arbitrage gets a really interestingly bad rap, in my opinion. Like you say, ARB. And from what I've seen, the people I've interacted with, they've always kind of given me this weird look of like you're taking advantage of something, right? And and you are, but it's not like a malicious thing. Arbitrage is just trying to like create that equilibrium. 
Exactly. I think arbitrage is one of the most important um, functions of traders across platforms because it keeps the price similar across all the platforms. And that's what you want. You don't want, well, you know, you do want wild gaps in it so you can make arbitrage, but then, you know, as a, as a consumer or a normal person, you just want the price to be the same everywhere. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, they're important for the ecosystem, especially DEXs, um, because you need to like, you can, you can just bid up, uh, a price or bid down a price on, um, on a centralized exchange, right? Take, take something with a bit more liquidity, like, uh, Ethereum or something, right? If there is a thinly traded um, exchange somewhere in Ethereum, so say there's like a new exchange, they don't have shitloads of users, but, um, you know, ETH traded on there all the same. If they don't have ARB bots or people ARBing and people can just bid up or down that price ridiculously uh, because there's like thin um, makers and takers, right? The The there's not much depth in the um, in the order book, so the advantage there of Ar- like people arbing with arb bots is that they will actually utilize the order books and the liquidity depth in dexes and other sexes to stabilize that price. So I think that's really important for so that people don't get burnt, and particularly like in countries where there's only limited access to um, centralized exchanges as well. So I remember for, for a while in Australia, um, before they had uh, stable coins, you could only buy certain cryptos in Australia and you could only use the Australian um, exchanges because the other ones hadn't broadened their business to Australia yet, right? There was no Binance. There was no Kraken. There was no Coinbase. Um, there was only like Australian created and run exchanges. So... And there were ARB opportunities there. I remember um, BTC markets, uh, just between BTC markets and uh, Binance, I think. It was, you could get like probably, um, I think it was like 7 or 8% pretty constantly. Um, well, that's how FTX began, began um, if I remember correctly. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and I guess a couple other people, they had an in with the Japanese regulatory commission, I guess let's call it that where they could ARB off the Japanese market, which was always higher because they were so limited and then like sell the difference in the US. And so the way they got their original money was exactly through that was ARBing Japan versus like worldwide exchanges. And then they kind of employed that with an FTX itself. And then just stole everyone's money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Rama says doxing gone. I don't know. Did I dox someone? Uh, well, maybe someone knows you're on Aust- you're from Australia. Pretty sure that's obvious by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, try not to like use people's names, but I do fuck up sometimes. So sorry about that, whoever I doxed or me if I doxed myself. Uh, all right, man. Well, that is like that's actually the end of my uh my news for the week. I can add a couple of things to that. Um, All right. That's good because so my researcher hasn't started yet. Really? What a yeah. slacker. What a my slack researcher has that. begun. Um, so this is kind of more of a general statement, but I think it's really interesting how so many projects are transitioning from, you know, like Eigenlayer or an 
or a layer two um, into Cosmos chains. Um, DYDX is one example. Wormhole is another example of chains where they decided that the best move was actually to exit the Ethereum ecosystem and going to the Cosmos. And Hyperlane is another, State is another. Um, I find that really surprising. Maybe I shouldn't say that on like a Cosmos ecosystem podcast. We are not any longer. That's true. We're not anymore. We are general blockchain. Yes, you're right. You you are right. Go ahead. So I've got a couple of like thoughts, I guess, on that type of situation. One thing that is really difficult for new Cosmos chains is that they need to market to an audience, right? And what happens is if you start a blockchain in the Cosmos ecosystem, you inevitably market to the Cosmos ecosystem. I think that the technology is good um, with the Cosmos SDK. I think it's really accessible to teams and very powerful. IBC, I'm a maxi on IBC, not vocally, but you know, inside. I've got high hopes for IBC. You did just say you're an IBC maxi. So it is outside too. (laughs) Well, it's the only way I could let you know, you know, but I'm not out there like talking about my uh, fucking gluten-free bread that I eat every morning or whatever the, uh, the vegans do or the people. I'm not telling you about my yoga I do four times a day. Anyway, what was I saying? So these particular um, protocols, DYDX, Wormhole, they already have a robust user base and are very good at marketing. And I don't think that they would be moving over to Cosmos unless it had a clear advantage for their protocol. So I think because they already have an established brand that they can do that comfortably. And I think it only benefits the Cosmos ecosystem, even if it steps on toes of people who are already here. Um, Oh, I, I agree for sure. Like this is a huge boon to the Cosmos ecosystem, but it makes it to me. It's it's utterly fascinating because it kind of it makes true Juno or I guess a any permissionless Cosmosm chains like value add right. Like Ethereum is permissionless. This is where this where these projects started, and then they got their audience, they got their product built, and they're like, hey, we need a different scaling solution. And so then they're coming and creating a chain in the cosmos because they see that that is the best solution. I find that utterly fascinating. And I'm, of course, also an IBC Maxi. You can see our relaying stats to prove that. Um, And I think it's really cool. I I do still find it surprising because they are such wildly different ecosystems. Like going from, well, I guess probably DYDX is running, is going to be like an EVM or an Evmos 4 kind of deal. Um, But using Go to develop your your uh, your blockchain is a huge change. Um, go ahead. Uh, I was just, no, I was just thinking. I was actually just thinking whether DYDX is a fork of um, Evmos. I guess they probably probably is. Yeah. Well, they they're EVM, right? So yeah. I I mean, I guess they didn't necessarily mean they're a fork of Evmos, but they certainly would like deploy their contracts on like an EVM chain as opposed to rewriting them in Cosmosm. I guess was the point I was trying to make. I think the killer feature, like just sort of off topic a little bit for the Cosmos ecosystem will be when they crack IBC connection to Evmos, uh, to um, Ethereum. Like that's when they have like a pure native built-in IBC uh, 
with Ethereum, like that's when the cosmos will really take off. Um, I'm not sure I entirely agree. Mm. Um, I almost wonder if it'll do the opposite where the cosmos will be forgotten because Ethereum adopted it, right? Like it'll have some interchain, like interconnection, obviously, because it's IBC. But once Ethereum gathers, like is attached to IBC, then you know for a fact that like the next day Solana is going to have it and then Nier is going to have it and then Aptos is going to have it, which is awesome. But that doesn't mean that the Cosmos is also going to be raised up when Ethereum gets IBC. I think for me, it comes down to the ease of liquidity flow. So at the moment, like say if there is something that you want to use in the Cosmos ecosystem, right? Um, So say if... uh, let's say Levana has some killer feature on their perps platform uh, that everyone wants to use. At the moment, you either have to use a sketchy ass bridge um, or you have to like buy into something that's in the um, Cosmos ecosystem on a sex and, um, and get it in that way. A lot of people don't want to deal with a centralized exchange at all. Um, there's a lot of like whales out there from the early days who don't really want to be tracked um like the early days of ethereum and bitcoin they just they don't want to be through a centralized exchange at all um i think getting liquidity from the ethereum ecosystem for those people to um the cosmos ecosystem requires the use of a bridge which is sketchy as shit uh because they're just trust based um on those two contracts right and you see them get exploited all the time um i think if there was like a, a way more highly secure way of doing it, it would happen more often. Um, that That's a good point. Um, so I'm, I loosened in the chat. It is IBC.fun. It's a new, this is, this is relevant, I promise. It's a new product by Skip that is, you can use this website, IBC.fun, and do a swap from, let's say you want Adam on the Cosmos Hub and swap it to... Umi on Axelar. You can do that in one click. That's crazy. That's that's insane, right? And adding it to Ethereum like enables that. That is really cool. And if you if you could integrate that and you can make all that work, that's super cool. Yeah. Can't you do that with satellite as well? Like Axelar satellite? Can you swap doing that? Because this is a swap. This is this is going to find the most efficient decks to go through to say I want this and I want Juno over on Stars, all in one one transaction. Yeah, I think so. It'd be interesting to know how that actually like what the functionality on the back back end of that is, because there is um, uh, a new protocol that's been worked on uh, by I've probably talked about this before. Um, Ping dot pubs the main developer, and it's called oh that's called side protocol. Side, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they've got the ice. What are the pro, the um? I think it's called ice. It's not can't be ICS. The I think it is ICS one hundred and one hundred one. What do they call them? The interchain um standards. What are they called? It's ICS, right? That sounds right, but I'm not certain. Because that isn't that what interchain security is called? ICS. Yeah, are you talking about like Cosmos? Yeah, like ADR type of things. Yeah, there's there's ADRs, but there's also like the actual standards. Yeah, ICS. Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, ICS. Yeah. Why would they call two things the same thing? I'm sure interchain security is called ICS. 
I mean, there's a, you're pretty limited on your acronym, acronyms when everything starts with fucking interchain, right? Well, but the point stands, right? So like <laughs> IBC.fun, like that's really cool that you can do a swap like that. As far as I know, I don't know of anything that could do like a swap from Ethereum onto Near, right? I don't I don't know if anything they could do that. So I promise I wasn't getting um, off topic. The the two standards that they've um, side protocol have actually, I think they've had one um, incorporated into the GitHub and they're working on the other one. Maybe by now they might have both of them in there, but one is for, so they've got into they, one of the protocols that they're getting a standard for, they've been working on a standard for is interchain swapping. So it actually has liquidity on both chains um, and you can do like, oh, I can't remember the exact details, but it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, and it's similar is what I was, is the point I was getting to. But the idea is that, um, you know, you can, you can swap your Atom for Juno, um, but just as a interchain transaction, um, using liquidity on both sides rather than actually sending your Atom to Juno. So yeah, sending your, sending, it, it eliminates like a bunch of steps. I sound like a peanut. It's early. No, no, no. That that makes sense. What you're saying is if there's a lot of liquidity on one side and one on the other, then rather than bothering with the traditional steps of like using relayers and stuff, you can just do an immediate swap. It's an atomic swap effectively, right? Yeah. So that's, yeah, atomic swaps. Um, yeah. It was interesting. Um, I'll have to go back and read it so I can talk about it more in depth probably on a later episode because um, like those guys are working hard on that. They've got a bunch of developers now as well. I've seen some mock-ups of the interface and um that's coming along well i mean that's the superpower of of ibc right it's that there's all these different chains which we as validators are aware they're all different chains but as we get further and further along like on osmosis you're no longer gonna have to say deposit atom or whatever which like to us that's really simple i've tried to explain it to people why you're depositing it and they have a hard time grasping it right whenever it becomes more and more seamless where you're no longer even having to worry about the fact they're on different chains that's incredibly cool. I think that is just, that's brilliant. And I think to, to your point that, that like if Ethereum starts to leverage Cosmos contracts through doing that, yeah, that would be like if DAO suddenly ends up on Ethereum because they're able to use it through interchain contracts. Amazing. There's definitely people working on that type of stuff. And the, it is very much a user experience improvement and that's the the nut that they need to crack to really um, make like reduce the friction of of using the Cosmos ecosystem is that user experience, and and I think the, I think a lot of people know that, and I think a lot of people are working on that. So, yeah, um, I agree. did you have did you have anything else on your list uh, of news? No, I kind of aggregated everything together in that statement. Just the fact that I think it's really exciting and surprising that so many projects are transitioning from Ethereum to the Cosmos. Um, in a lot of ways, it really makes sense. In a lot of ways, it makes less sense to me. Um, but regardless of my opinion on it, I think it's really cool and it's really exciting. I think the success of these projects that are trying to come across um, will really sort of pave the way for whether or not other projects come across. So if DYDX makes the transaction and just falls on their face... Well, sorry, the transition and just falls in their face and loses all the users. I, I don't think we'll see a lot of other projects trying the same thing. 
I have a hard time seeing how they would fall on their face, right? So if they've already got their current users, the way that the Cosmos is really kind of functions, short of like Tendermint falling down and like not being able to support it, which would be deeply surprising considering it worked on Ethereum. Um, I don't really see what could, could go wrong. Like they're not even using Kepler. Like they're basically have all of the same things they currently have, but on a faster blockchain. I'm, I think it's really exciting. So I don't think it's, I think the DYDX blockchain at the moment is, what is the, so at the moment they're on Ethereum, right? They're not on an L2. Are they just? I think so. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So what the blockchain time on Ethereum is 12 seconds, is it? Block time? That sounds about right. Yeah. I think it's about 12. At least it was when it was proof of work. I assume it's still pretty similar. Um, so I guess there's two things is the, the actual throughput capacity as well as the, um, the actual block speed. And I think at the moment, the DYDX block speed is probably around two or three seconds, which is a 6x improvement. So, it's, Well, but it's uh, also finality. I think that 12 seconds doesn't guarantee that finality for Ethereum. Is there... Uh, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I don't know too much about the differences now that they're a um, proof of stake chain, but I would imagine that the finality element has changed since they've become proof of stake. Uh, so I think, I think it has changed from being, from being proof of work, but I don't think it has the same finality as Cosmos. I think there's still like confirmations and stuff. I'm not certain of that by any stretch of the imagination because I don't use ETH too much, but I believe so. Ganzi says, as far as I know, they are L3 on Starkware. DYDX is? Is he talking about DYDX? Jeez, layer three, Jesus. Fuck me. We need to learn more about like the wider ecosystem, man. <laughs> We're like fucking just beating our dicks against the wall here. Nice to see Garnsey here. G'day, mate. Yeah, it feels like, I feel like I haven't seen him here in a while. Yeah. Um, no, it, it looks like DYDX is a layer two. DYDX layer two decentralized trading platform. I don't think it's layer three. Yeah, it's a layer two. Oh, yeah, it's layer two powered by Starkware. Okay, yeah. So um, I don't know if that's considered a layer three. I don't know. Can you tell me what in the fuck Starkware is? No, no, I cannot. I assume it is a method for creating layer twos. So so if I remember correctly, a layer two is effectively like ICS versus like a roll-up is actually a smart contract. Um, and so I imagine Starkware would be the equivalent of like the Cosmos SDK. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's something to do some like research on. Um, Starkware is an L2 of Ethereum. Okay. So where does L3 come from? I guess that means that they've sort of built their protocol on Starkware. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. It's like- well, so different layers are like different ways of like getting back to the layer. The layer one is Ethereum, layer two is are leveraging the validator ecosystem, but they have like their own kind of validator set to confirm the blocks that goes up. The layer three, I assume, is just one more layer below that. Um, but does that make sense? For anyone who's uh, watching, uh, listening to this, um, yeah, we're both here scratching our heads and you can physically see cogs turning, <laughs> trying to like figure this out on the fly. So uh, I honestly don't think we're doing a very good job of trying to figure it out. I mean, I think it's all just terminology, right? It's, it's all lingo. Like 
Stride, I think, is now technically a layer two. Neutron, I think, is technically a layer two. Jeez, don't say that. Because Cosmos is a layer one, right? Like people call it a layer zero. No, it's a layer one. Yeah, but they don't have their own validators. Like not layer twos, like ones that sort of have their own validator set and then roll up transactions and flick them up to the L1. Like I don't really well, hold think on. That's you're you're mixing up you're mixing up terminology. Roll ups and layer twos are different. So keep that terminology separate. Um, oh, but, sorry. Yeah. Oh. oh man, this fucking what happened? <laughs> I'm I'm 99% that Stride and Neutron would now be considered layer twos because they are using the um, the security of the top level validators to secure their blockchains, right? And you are still running the nodes as a validator for the lower level networks, right? So like it's different in that for Stride, technically they're still validators. We're still a validator for Stride. And then it rolls up to the Cosmos and Cosmos uh, finalizes it, quote unquote. Like, well, There's a lot of quotes here, right? Because like the terminology here is very unclear. So I think that Stride and Neutron are just layer twos now. 